It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 3-0 in the second half in three very different wins. One thing is for sure in these final two months, there's going to be some high blood pressure in American Family Field coming up down the stretch. Let's talk about a fun weekend and get you ready for tonight's finale with the Rockies on Locked On Brewers. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, wherever you may be listening from. My name is Dominic Catronio. This is Locked On Brewers. Back to daily, your only daily podcast dedicated to the Brewers all season long. We post episodes Monday through Friday, and we will be going down the stretch here as we get closer to the trade deadline next week. That's only eight days away, y'all, on August 2nd. And obviously, the NL Central race is going to be at the forefront of all of our minds. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile jewelry. BlueNile.com has their anniversary sale going on right now. You can save 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and even 25% on engagement ring settings. You can shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. I'm the statistician for Bally Sports Wisconsin. You can follow me on Twitter at Dom underscore Catronio or our show account as well at Locked on Brewers. That virtually every game, watched just about every single pitch, was there all weekend. Going to be back in person at American Family Field. Brewers are 3-0 in the second half. They have taken three of these first four against the Rockies. They play again tonight, a 7-10 first pitch, the odd wraparound without a holiday of a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday series with these Rockies, and then remain at home for Tuesday and Wednesday with the Twins coming to town before an off day on Thursday before heading out to Boston. No, I'm not using the Dropkick Murphys line. Uh, We're going to talk about the weekend in a little bit, but we also got to talk about the landscape of the Central and just a quick refresher of what things look like elsewhere in baseball right now, some award talk, some standings talk, of course, but let's start with the big headlines since we've last spoke. I mean, we talked to Matt Arnold on Friday. If you haven't listened to that episode, the general manager of the Milwaukee Brewers was kind enough to join us here on Locked On Brewers. That is the previous episode in your feed. Go back and check that out. And for folks who only watch on YouTube, my apologies. Uh, The last two weeks, there's been a lot of travel involved and a lot of bad hotel Wi-Fi. And uh, it's been really, really tough to upload some of the videos, but we should be back to a much more normal schedule Uh, the rest of the way here. So apologies for that. You can always find us wherever you get your podcasts, free and available. Uh, Let's talk about this. Three headlines from the past six or so days, going back to the All-Star break and uh, some roster moves and things of that nature. But I think the number one headline that comes out of all of this is the Aaron Ashby extension. This kind of caught a lot of us off guard. Uh, It caught me off guard walking off uh, of my day job at caddying on Saturday at Aaron Hill's. Aaron Ashby signs a very team-friendly extension, but more on that in a moment. Uh, He is now signed under team control, guaranteed through 2027 for five more seasons. So you're essentially buying out one of his free agent years as he made his big league debut last year. This is second year in the show. Uh, Wow. Also, team options on the 28 and 29 seasons. So, Through the life of the deal, I mean, he could be a brewer for eight straight seasons, which 
lefties always have a job, whether it's, you know, in the starting rotation or out of the bullpen. But for his stuff and only 24 years old, what a time to strike a team-friendly deal. And I mentioned team-friendly. The actual numbers on it, on the guaranteed half of the contract over these next five years, Ashby is going to make $20.5 million just in base salary. So averaging out to a little over $4 million per year. And obviously any agent or any player's union rep is going to shout, that is so underpaid for Aaron Ashby. But do you know that for sure? There's a great, you know, kind of cliche or saying or word of advice for young players and pitchers in particular. You never turn down your first fortune. And in the case of Ashby, certainly this is that moment. I mean, what a rise through the system for him. He was drafted in just 2018 in the fourth round out of junior college. Uh, what a what a rise for him to become one of the top prospects, make his debut last year. Now he's going to be a major factor of this team in their pennant chase here in 2022. But when you see team-friendly, you see that number, you instantly think of Freddie Peralta. And just by comparison, Freddie Peralta, his deal that he signed in 2020, had a million-dollar signing bonus attached to it as well. But for five years and $15.5 million, so he's only making about $3 million per year, as opposed to Ashby making about $4 million per year in the guaranteed stuff. However, with the team opt-ins and with escalators for awards and things of that nature, Freddie's deal, he's due to be a free agent after the 2026 season if he goes all the way through with this deal. He'll make $30 million, so he could double that original signing. That's not even including uh, Cy Young votes. That's not even including the $500,000 he got last year for making the All-Star team, uh, top four in Cy Young voting, gold gloves, things of that nature. Those escalators also exist in Aaron Ashby's contract. And furthermore, he also has those two team options. So for the life of his deal, he can make upwards of $40 million. So very similar to Freddie's in that, hey, bet on yourself now. Let yourself live comfortably. Understand what you're going to be making for these next five years and go prove yourself and that the team's going to want to keep you. Because think about it, in 2028, that's six years away, Ashby would just be hitting 30 years old kind of right, you would hope, into his prime as a pitcher, you know, right in the middle of the prime. If it all works out and he stays healthy, this is going to be one of those deals that you look back on the Brewers, if they can keep this going, wow, what a guy, what a deal to sign for Ashby and for Peralta. For as much as we talk about the big three and Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta, let's look in the mirror real quick. Are you going to be able to keep all three? Very, very unlikely. Woodruff and Burns will be hitting free agency at the same time in two years after the 2024 season. So when you think about this window that they're in right now, well, they've locked up Ashby and they've locked up Peralta. They know those two guys and how much they need to spend for those guys. If you're going to pick one between Woodruff and Burns, you've now got the complementary pieces there ready to help out if you only are able to extend one of those two guys and let the other one walk onto the open market knowing you won't be able to afford all of them for what they're worth. Uh, if you want to make this a comment about, oh my gosh, the ownership's so cheap, and oh my gosh, why can't Mark Adonacio open up his checkbook? It's not like that. Nobody is able to keep two, even three, legitimate Cy Young Award contenders when they hit free agency. I mean, when you look at Freddie Peralta, the fact that they signed that deal even gives them a chance to sign a Burns or Woodruff closer to what they would be worth. However, we'll see what will happen in that regard. 
down the road. They're still under team control for another two full seasons. Uh, and if you want to talk about it, neither one of them are, are represented by Scott Boris. So you can say that's a good or bad thing. Scott Boris is very good at his job, meaning he wants to get every single dollar out of his eight out of his players uh, and every single dollar into his pocket and all of his representation's pocket of Exhibit A, Juan Soto. Uh, and talk about Steven Strasburg's deal right now. How good is that looking right now for Strasburg's perspective and not from the Nationals' perspective? So it's always tough to figure out with young pitchers and power pitchers, but to have Ashby uh, locked up along with Freddie Peralta, that's a good place to start for a core in the future. Another quick headline about Freddie Peralta. He's begun his rehab assignment. Freddie pitched in AAA yesterday with the Nashville Sounds. He went two innings, one hit, one run, one walk, and three strikeouts. He's going to be on a regiment every five days to build himself up, a la a spring training buildup. So we expect to see him sometime in mid to late August. And the good news is, when he gets to the big leagues, he would be expected to go five, six innings. It's not like he's going to have to build up in the big leagues. They want to make sure he's ready to go and to produce when he arrives on the big league club. So that's some good news. Also on the injury front, Adrian Hauser flew through a flat ground uh, yesterday before the game. Seems like he came out of that okay. We would expect to see him back maybe by the end of next week in Boston or even the following road trip in Pittsburgh in the first week of August. So we'll keep an eye on an update from Adrian Hauser or if they want to send him the AAA to make sure he's tuned up and ready to go. Uh, our third and final headline, just quick roster updates. You may have seen the signing of Jake McGee, and he made his Brewers debut over the weekend. Uh, that was on Saturday against these Rockies. Jake McGee had 31 saves last year with the Giants uh, in 2021. He's a fastball slider guy. He's a little older. Uh, he's had a really slow start to his year uh, in 2022. Uh, he's 35 years old now, too. Maybe it doesn't quite jump off the page as far as a household name goes, but one and two, a seven one seven ERA with San Francisco this year. He just didn't have it this year like he did last year. Twenty one innings, twenty seven hits. Uh, he also only allowed two homers. That helps wise ballpark, but only eleven strikeouts in those twenty one innings. He's not necessarily a lights out strikeout guy, but he's definitely a strikeout per inning type guy. So to have less than a strikeout per inning was sort of alarming for him. And he's only a two pitch guy, fastball slider, and it's really just a fastball. So. Maybe the Brewers can figure out something with them, put their little magic sauce um, secret dust on them and see what works out for McGee. It, it reminds me so much of the John Curtis and Daniel Norris signing last year, as, as well as Hunter Strickland that we talked about with Matt Arnold on on, thir- on Friday, that, hey, go take a low-risk guy. He was DFA'd anyway by the Giants and claimed off waivers now by the Brewers. So it didn't cost you anything. It's low-risk, high-reward if it works out. Maybe you change the scenery Works out for McGee, a very experienced player, a former Ray, Rocky, Dodger, Giant, and now Brewer. Low risk, high reward, and remember, Hunter Strickland turned out to be one of the most important bridge guys out of the bullpen last season for the Brewers. So, not a bad signing. Let's see how long it works out for him. Uh, and finally, Jace Peterson goes on to the injured list. He has an elbow strain. It's something he's been trying to play through for the last couple of weeks, and it sounds like he's going to be on the shelf for at least a couple of weeks Hurts when he swings, hurts when he throws, not a great sound to it. He had a PRP injection, so he'll be on the shelf for a few days before he even resumes baseball activities. Uh, Hope that Jace can be okay. He wanted to take care of this now as opposed to having something linger all the way through August, and then when you wait too long, you're suddenly not available, and it becomes a season-ending injury. That's why the Brewers decided to put him on the injured list now. Try to avoid that season-ending word. Those are quick headlines for you. Let's talk about what a fun weekend it was. Before we do that, I want to talk about our presenting sponsor today, BlueNile.com, the original 
online jeweler. You can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating this perfect custom engagement ring or you can gift a classic timeless jewelry piece all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. There are also so many other options to just the engagement ring. If you just want to find something, maybe it's her birthday coming up. Maybe you all have your anniversary coming up. You need to find those moments to just say, hey, I love you. Here's a great piece of jewelry from our friends at BlueNile.com. Or if you are one of those guys here in summertime trying to get ready to pop the question, Blue Nile will help you celebrate the milestone moment with jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. They have the best jewelers on the business. They've been doing this since 1999, the original online jeweler, and they have expert advice available 24-7 with legendary service with 30-day returns, and you have guaranteed service and repair for life because when you commit to a piece, so does Blue Nile. So make your moment sparkle. And with their Blue Nile anniversary sale, you can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, it ships for free, and it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. What a weekend. 3-0 and to start things off. They've expanded their lead uh, on the Cardinals here in the Central Division, uh, beating up on the Rockies in three very different wins. Let's go with three bullet points from each of these three wins uh, to talk about the weekend. Let's go to Friday. A 6-5 to marathon 13-inning game. It took four hours and 44 minutes, three minutes shy of last year's 11-inning marathon against the Dodgers for the longest uh, win of the last couple of years. Luis Arias with a walk-off single in the bottom of the 13th inning. Uh, what a day. First headline, Hunter Renfro. He is getting hot again, guys. He's got a seven-game hitting streak now thanks to what he did in yesterday's game. But Renfro, down to the Brewers' last strike on Friday in the bottom of the 10th inning on a 2-2 pitch, rips a hanging breaking ball, home run to left field, a no-doubter 447 feet away to tie things up in the bottom of the 10th inning. The reason why this game lasted so long is because the Brewers really struggled with runners in scoring position. They went 3-for-17 with runners in scoring position. Granted, two of the hits were home runs. One of them by Willie Adamas, and the other one, of course, the game-tying shot in the bottom of the 10th by Hunter Renfro. And the other uh, hit with the runner in scoring position was the walk-off single by Urias in the 13th. So not great, but it could have been worse because the Rockies went 1-for-18 with runners in scoring position. In this game, neither team found a way to get the big hit in this contest. Uh, bullet point number three is the bullpen. Corbin Burns, they made him work in this game. He only goes five innings, 108 pitches. He exits with a no decision. He pitched well enough to earn the win, but the Rockies made him try to get it. Uh, they did everything in their power to foul off pitches, fight off pitches. It was a very impressive display from them. But it was the bullpen who shined. Yes, got blew it in the sixth, and yes, Gustave struggled in the 10th, but aside from those guys, eight innings, two earned runs allowed, 10 strikeouts, and only two walks, and that does include 
Devin Williams striking out the side, and Josh Hader rebounding with a scoreless bottom of the ninth inning to, or top of the ninth inning to force that game into extras. So all good things from the bullpen to move them forward. And then we move to Saturday. You knew you were going to have a lot of your bullpen down for this game. So you needed Brandon Woodruff, who took the ball, to make sure he had a great start. And he turned in another quality start. 100 pitches on the dot. Six strong innings. He looked great again. Just allows a run in the first inning, and that's it. He locked things down. Got a key double play to end his day in the sixth inning. And I would have kind of inferred that he was going to go even longer in that game because he was going to have a week off due to the off day coming up on Thursday. The Brewers have not announced a starter for tomorrow's game against the Twins, but we do know that Burns will start Wednesday's finale against the Twins of this homestand, which means Woodruff wouldn't start again until Friday, giving him an extra day off uh, of rest. So he'll get a full five days off before he actually has to pitch again against the Red Sox. So to him, getting through six innings with a not-ready-to-go bullpen was huge. Second thing, Renfro, another no-doubter. He stays hot, but the whole offense was the story here, too. Colton Wong has his first three-hit game of the year. He's starting to turn a corner here as of late, hitting the ball hard. Granted, he looked like he might have got injured in yesterday's game. He stayed in for the rest of the game for the most part. Uh, He was eventually pinch hit for with a lefty on the mound, but we're going to keep an eye on Colton Wong here because he has been hitting the ball hard. Hopefully, he's not actually injured again after what happened in yesterday's game. But on Saturday as well, the Brewers went 6-for-9 with runners in scoring position in their 9-to-4 victory. I mean, they were up 9-to-1 through 8 innings. Connor Zadzik allowed up uh, a few runs in the ninth inning when it was garbage time. So, great win for the Brewers. And they didn't need to use the A bullpen on on Saturday, which set the stage for what happened in yesterday's game. A wacky, I called it a drunk game, 10-to-9. And the MVP of the weekend, easy to say Hunter Renfro. But maybe we should say it's Brent Suter. Three scoreless innings. Two in extra innings, by the way, on Friday night. And one yesterday against these Rockies. Getting out of a first and second nobody out jam in the eighth inning to give to set the stage for the Brewers in the bottom of that eighth inning to take the lead and eventually get the win. Brent Suter is the unsung hero of this weekend. He gets the win in yesterday's game. Uh, the biggest number that jumps out to me, though, from yesterday Of the 10 runs batted in, I tweeted this as well. Of the 10 runs batted in for the Brewers in the 10-9 win, eight of them came with two strikes. Think about this. We've talked about complaints about how this team strikes out a lot. They take a lot of pitches. They work a lot of counts. That's exactly what Andrew McCutcheon and Hunter Renfro were talking about postgame yesterday, saying, look, we were taking what they were giving us, and we're really proud of the way we grinded out at bats. I mean, there were a million foul balls in this game between both teams. They were kind of taking a page out of the Rockies book in refusing to strike out, refusing to go down without a fight. I mean, the Brewers, they still struck out uh, a total of nine times in this game. And you look at the the Rockies, they struck out 10 times, but they drew seven walks, which felt like every single one came across the score in this 10-9 game. But the Brewers took a page out of the Rockies book in that the Rockies have the lowest swing and miss rate in the National League as an offense. The Brewers kept fighting pitches, fighting pitches, fighting pitches, trying to survive and get another A.B. Every starter except for Jonathan Davis and Omar Narvaez had hits in this game. And then even the guys that came off the bench, Tyrone Taylor and Mike Brasso, more on those in a second provided as well. Uh, Victor Caratini finished the game behind the plate, but even though he did not get a hit in pinch hit fashion. So the offense, patient, clutch, got it done. Uh, Also, Craig Council pushing the right buttons with the pinch hitters. Mike Brasso, his numbers... 
as a split with a pinch hitter are absolutely insane right now. Uh, Mike Brasso is now 7-for-11 after hitting an RBI double in yesterday's game. Mind you, with two strikes, by the way. 7-for-11 as a pinch hitter this year. And he's going to be a massive piece of this bench moving forward, given, look, Jace Peterson has been the main guy coming off the bench against righties, and Barrasso's been the main guy coming off the bench against lefties. But now Jace isn't even going to be starting games since he's on the injured list against righties. Brasso may get a few more days against righties, and he's going to be the first guy off the bench when that situational lefty comes in, and Brasso's going to be the guy to face him. Huge moment again for him. He absolutely loves the moment, it seems, and never too big for him. And that was a big moment for him. Tyrone Taylor hits his third career pinch hit home run. It wasn't a traditional pinch hit because you knew he was going to stay in the game with the lefties well into the swing of that game at that at that point. And Jonathan Davis doesn't have the same pop that Tyrone Taylor has. He hits his 10th home run of the season, his third career pinch hit homer, and his first this season. That was a huge swing to get the Brewers right back in it because at the time, they were trailing by a run in the, uh, trailing by two runs, sorry, in the sixth inning after the uh, Rockies had come back in the sixth. I mean, the Brewers were up 3 nothing. They were up 5-2. to two. They were down 8-6. to six, And they end up winning 10-9. to nine. And also, Hobie Milner and Josh Hader. Hobie Milner leaves another two-inherited runner stranded. Ho-hum. I want to correct something I tweeted. Say, why don't you just put Hobie Milner in to start innings as opposed to Gustave, who's in a current slump right now? Well, the answer to that probably lies in the fact... Who would clean up a mess for Hobie Milner if he ended up struggling? He is really comfortable coming in with runners on base. It doesn't bother him. Whereas, you know, if you're going to say, oh, hey, Gustave, get up real quick and try to get this one guy out, which he did do in the fifth inning, but then to sit down and come back in, it didn't work out for John Dell in the fifth, in the sixth inning in this one, and Milner had to come in and clean things up for him. With Milner being the main fireman to get you to that inning break, you don't know who you would go to in the case of, well, we need to get out of this inning now. What happens if Hobie has a struggle? So he's the massive, he's the fireman. You know, he's the guy you call when things are getting out of control and you bring out the fire hose and Hobie Milner has been that fire hose. And one quick honorable mention, Josh Hader. Yes, he allowed a run in the top of the ninth inning, but he gets a pair of strikeouts. He's looking like himself right now. He's looking better. Uh, a little, excuse me, bloop into right field, a stoinker, as Todd Rosiak would say. Uh, it's, I, I'm not mad about stoinkers as mad as I would be about another home run if he had allowed that. And he gets things done over his 28th save of the season. <sighs> wow. 3-0 and on the weekend, going for the sweep tonight. More on that in just a second. I want to tell you about Bet Online, the number one source for all your odds, lines, and games this year. Well, look, Major League Baseball is in full swing. We've got NFL futures on there, NBA futures on there. NHL trade rumor mill has been going nuts right now with free agency over on the Frozen Pond. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, including live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. They've got baseball futures on there, too. Brewers are currently rated as the seventh-best odds to win the World Series, which I think is just about where they're supposed to be. That makes sense. You can head to Bet Online today or use your phone to learn more about the trends and get in on the action happening today at Bet Online, where the game starts. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy 
of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Tonight, Brewers will turn to the newly extended Aaron Ashby. He gets the ball against Kyle Freeland to round out the series. Brewers going for a four-game sweep uh, against these Rockies here at home to open up the second half, which is exactly what you want to hear about and what you want to talk about as uh, as cold as they came into the All-Star break and how you know the sky was falling for the Brewers. And, oh, my gosh, nobody can hit, nobody can hit. Look, you go 4-0 coming out of the break, that's a great start. Just looking around at the Central Division right now, obviously it's a two-horse race between Milwaukee and St. Louis, but we do got to talk about what's going on with the Cardinals right now. They're preparing to go to Toronto. They got a quick two-gamer with the Blue Jays. As we all know, vaccination status is required to cross the border into Canada. Look, I'm not going to get into politics. I'm not going to shout here and say everybody should be vaccinated. It's your body, your choice, yada, yada. I'm not getting into all that stuff. But the fact of the matter is, both Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are not vaccinated and thus will not be eligible to play in Toronto. They'll be missing those two games against the Blue Jays. This works twofold. Right now, St. Louis is clinging on to dear life for that third wildcard spot. They're five games above 500. They just lost the series to the Reds. And heck, in yesterday's game, the entire offense was supplied by, supplied by Paul Goldschmidt. He had two home runs. They lose 6-3 to three yesterday. But they're one game clear of Philadelphia right now. And that's with this equal and loss column, but up two in the win column right now because they got two games in hand over Philly. The way you look at things right now, San Francisco is two games back. They've lost four games in a row. And then Miami, they're five games back. I think Miami is going to be pretenders. I don't think they're going to stick around. So it's really three teams for one spot. St. Louis, Philadelphia, and San Francisco for that second wildcard spot. If the Brewers can take this opportunity, granted they're also facing a first-place team this week in Minnesota, can take an opportunity to get themselves a little bit of space heading into the trade deadline, put a little more pressure on the Cardinals, before next Tuesday's deadline, that could go a long way. Because, look, we talked about it in the preseason series, uh, the preseason uh, talk about where do you see the Brewers finishing? How do you see the Central shaking out? I don't think it's a guarantee that the team in second place in the Central is going to make the playoffs. It's all but certain at this point that the team who wins the Central is going to be in the wild card round. Because, because remember, the number one team and the number two team as far as record for the division winners will get a first-round bye in the new expanded playoffs, which means the third-seeded division winner will face the last-place wildcard team, the three versus the six, which obviously, if the playoffs started today, it would be Milwaukee versus St. Louis, a three-game series with all three of those games, if necessary, in Milwaukee. It would all be in the higher seed. So if the playoffs happened today, Milwaukee would face St. Louis, and Atlanta would face San Diego. That in Atlanta would be hosting San Diego in, in that regard. The Brewers need to win the Central because they don't even want to mess with the thought of trying to hang in there for a wild card. You know Philly's going to do something. They got Bryce Harper due back as well coming up here soon. 
Kyle Schwarber's still been incredible for them. Uh, San Francisco, I don't know what to make of San Francisco, but you can never count them out. You can never count out Farhan Zaidi. He may shock the world and make some buys coming up here at the deadline next week, a la what he did in 2018, going to get Andrew McCutcheon. Things of that nature could be happening here for San Francisco. Uh, St. Louis, they need to get healthy as well. And aside from the COVID stuff and, and vaccination stuff, they're not going to have Jack Flaherty for a while. They just lost Steven Matz. He's got a torn MCL in his knee. They're not even sure if he's going to make it back for the rest of the season. So they, be on, they may be on the trading block to trying to acquire a starting pitcher. They've got a lot of injuries that they got going on right now. Uh, Harrison Bader's still on the shelf with plantar fasciitis right now. Things aren't looking great right now for the Cardinals. And I know y'all are seeing, oh, they're going to go get Juan Soto. They're going to get Juan Soto. I don't know if Juan Soto is going to get traded this deadline. I could see Juan Soto being traded in the offseason when teams have a better idea of what they're going to be looking like into 2023. But that is such a massive price. Yes, the extra years of control are huge. You want Juan Soto for a stretch playoff run. But the market hasn't been stabilized. I don't see Juan Soto getting traded at this deadline. I don't think he's not going to get traded, but I would be shocked personally if he gets traded at this deadline. Uh, when we talk about the rest of the league right now, we talk about what's going on around baseball. The Brewers have an opportunity before themselves right now to really kind of prove themselves because we talk about it. They're facing the Rockies going for the sweep tonight. Then they get two against a first place team against the Twins. Then they get three in Fenway against the Red Sox against a team that's down right now. They're struggling against the Blue Jays. We saw the 28 to 5 game on Friday. Could always be worse, right? But you can send a message going back to the Eastern time zone and saying, all right, Red Sox, let's see what you got. We're the playoff team of the National League. The Red Sox are currently on the outside looking in as far as the playoffs go. They are three games back of a playoff spot for the third wild card in the American League. And they're currently tied with the Chicago White Sox at 48 and 48. Cleveland is still ahead of them in the loss column at 48 and 46. But yet they're still two games back of the Seattle Mariners who just got swept by the Astros. And the Astros might be the best team that nobody talks about. Yes, the Yankees are stealing the headlines in, in the American League. Astros are 64 and 32. They've won five in a row. They just swept Seattle in Seattle. Justin Verlander is a legitimate American League Cy Young candidate. I know Shane McClanahan has been stealing all the headlines, but Justin Verlander has been incredible for the Astros this year. They have a lights-out bullpen. They have an incredible offense. In the American League, it's looking like Yankees-Astros. And I mean, shoot, sign me up right now for Yankees-Astros coming up in the playoffs. It's going to get wild. And the screws is going to get tightened. This is when I am loving to be a baseball fan. If you got friends who are on the fence about wanting to go to a game with you or trying to like, oh, what's, what's the big deal right now? Like, no, now it's real. You know what I've been saying all season long? Like, oh, there's still time. There's still time. Look, you're 96 games into this year now. It is going to be over in the blink of an eye. 66 games remain. It is going to be over like that. Trade deadline is eight days away. Next Tuesday, August 2nd. What will the Brewers do? If anything, what will the contenders do? What will the teams, what will the Cardinals do to try to chase them down? Are the Padres going to try to add some bullpen help? Are, is Fernando Tatis Jr. going to come back healthy? There's so much to talk about, but I don't want to jam it all into this tiny podcast. That's all for this episode. What a fun weekend. Hope to see you all at the ballpark this coming week as the Brewers play tonight, 7-10 against the Rockies. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBrewers or myself at Dom underscore Catronio. We're available wherever you get your podcast, available on YouTube as well. My name is Dominic Catronio. We will see you right back here tomorrow. Until then, keep on swinging. 
You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.